0: Welcome to Best Laid Plans. This is your host, Sarah Hart Unger, and this is the podcast where we talk all things planning and planning adjacent. So, as we air this episode, I actually just sent my kids off to their first day of school, which makes me a little bit regretful that I'm not doing a specific back to school episode because what a fun time it is for school supplies and stationary supplies and all things school related. However, I did do an episode, episode number 54, which I will link to in the show notes, which was a deep dive on back to school, as well as a really fun run through some of my favorite vintage school supplies from the 80s and 90s. I feel like this episode did not get enough I don't know, buzz. (laughs) No, I'm just kidding. I'm not sure any of my episodes get that much buzz, but I loved doing this episode and revisiting some of those long forgotten stationary products like Trapper Keepers and Gripsticks pencils and beyond. So if you're in that mode and haven't heard that episode, I definitely recommend checking it out. Right now, I am definitely very much in quintile four mode with all of the back to school energy. I'm super excited to be jumping into routines and some more structure, even though we really did have a very wonderful and fun summer. I'm just hitting that readiness right at the right time. So just excited for this new season. In terms of planner news, I'm very much enjoying watching some of the new planner releases. There are some that I'm still eagerly waiting for, and I'm having fun following along with the Hobonichi 2023 reveal series, which they do through the entire month of August. I am not sure if there's a cover that has like, you know... Uh, Pulled my heartstrings yet, but they're still coming. And I have to say, my favorites so far are the Mina Perhonen covers, which they often get me. I have several of her covers, so we will see what I end up choosing. And in other planner news, I received a gorgeous new redesigned full focus planner with an evergreen color. And I was not planning on doing any planner jumping right now because I've talked about my stack has been working well. But this planner is so pretty and so fall looking, and I do feel like I need to give their slightly updated layouts a try. So I think I am going to jump into this for my quintile four and I will share some pictures on my blog at some point or maybe do a little mini review episode because they really did make some nice improvements. I am an affiliate of their company and so you can use code SARAH10 Sarah10 for 10% off and I'll put a link in my show notes as well. And of course, as you know, they're not my only beloved brand, but they're just one of many that I greatly enjoy using and I like what they do. I also ordered some really fun jet pens hauls, and I think I'm just gonna do a future episode of just that stuff, cause there's a lot of it and some things I hadn't tried that I had been eyeing for quite some time. I'm not sure where the urge to stress shop came from, maybe just the new season or maybe just the need to buy school supplies for myself, even though I'm old and not really going to school, but I will cover that in a future episode. Today, we're going to open up instead of planner piece, although I do have a couple of those on deck, and you can please keep those coming. A couple of listener tips because I had got some great follow up and comments after the reading journal episode, where I reviewed four different reading journals and talked about reading habits. The first one comes from Stephanie, who describes herself as a book loving, notebook hoarding literacy teacher educator on a mission to change lives in classrooms one book and one notebook at a time. She actually has her own reading themed blog and podcast called A Lit Life as well as Get Literate and she just wanted to mention a Google spreadsheet that she created to track what matters most to her in her reading life. It's a free download so I'll link to that and she It's called My Reading Life, A Bookish Spreadsheet. So she wanted to share that resource with you guys. And for those of you who prefer to track your reading electronically, it looks really cute and functional. So I will send that or post a link to that in the show notes. The second listener tip comes from Tiara, who writes, I listened to your podcast on reading logs and you said to email what we use and would recommend. So here's my reading log, True Love. Little Inklings Design a Novel Companion. And this is a tiny little company, small business owned by a woman named Megan Easter. And she sells her stuff via her company. And it's really, really cute, you guys. I just... I'm actually tempted to order one of these to try. It has a page for star reading system, reading goals, an A to Z reading challenge, genre reading challenges, reading around the world, a cute little bookshelf you can cover in, a book series tracker, a battle of the books, dot grid pages to track book boxes and YouTube videos and things like that. And there are monthly calendar pages for any scheduling needed and pages for your to-be-read list that month. So this is all stuff that Tierra loves in this Little Inklings Design novel companion. And again, love shouting out to small businesses. I love the journals that I reviewed as well. But if you're looking for something really fleshed out with a lot of extras and want to support a small company, this is definitely one to check out. And I will link to that as well. All right. We are going to take a quick ad break, and I'm going to be back with some Q&A that came in themes this time around. We'll be right back. Today's episode is brought to you in part by Jenny Kane. I love Jenny Kane, and I hope you love shopping there to support the show. When you do, visit JennyKane.com and use code PLANS for 15% off your first order. We are now well into spring, and there's no better time to shop for beautiful cotton sweaters that can take us right into the next season. And definitely take a look at their dresses. They have so many pretty ones. I'm obsessed with the day dress. It's so classic and versatile. Plus, everything in their collection is designed so intentionally that you can style pieces together without a second thought. All of their sweaters and tops pair with jeans, work pants, and more, and can be styled to fit practically any occasion. Find your new spring uniform at JennyKane.com. Our listeners get 15% off your first order when you use code PLANS at checkout. That's 15% off your first order at J-E-N-N-I-K-A-Y-N-E.com. Promo code PLANS. Let getting dressed be one less thing to worry about. Today's episode is sponsored in part by Factor. Factor is sponsoring this episode with an awesome discount code PLANS50 to give you 50% off your first month and 20% off the next. Trying out our sponsors helps keep the show going, and I think this is a wonderful time to give it a try, given that it's always a busy season. Factor offers no prep and no mess meals that are tailored to your wellness goals. They offer multiple options from protein plus to plant-based to keto and many more. No matter what your health goals are, you can keep kitchen time to a minimum while enjoying healthy and delicious meals with premium ingredients with Factor. You can get started feeling great and fueling well now by giving them a try. Head to factormeals.com slash plans50 and use code plans50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month. That's code plans50, P-L-A-N-S 50, at factormeals.com slash plans50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month while your subscription is active. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Okay, so I have a collection of questions that have been waiting to be answered, and the first one relates to the theme of scrolling, which I know is something that a lot of us spend some time thinking about. So this first question comes from Amy. She writes, I've been a blog reader for a few years now, thank you Amy, and I've been listening to Best Laid Plans. I'm in a weird place of transition, and planning and organization are saving me at the moment. If your visitor stats are up on your blog, it's probably me. Yes, no, I'm just kidding. That's lovely, Amy. Thank you. She writes, you've probably addressed this, so I apologize if I missed it, but now that you've eliminated the dreaded social media scroll, what do you do in its place when you need a break? I can't exactly whip out a book when I work in the office at times when I would quickly check my social channels, but I need an outlet instead of social media for when I need to take a break for a few minutes. I work in marketing, so I can't completely eliminate social media from my life, but I'm really trying to limit it to a few specific checks throughout the day. Any suggestions for when you can't easily get up for a walk or shift gears for too long but need a break? I love it. So my answer is that yes, there are definitely still things that I quote unquote check on my phone. Some things I prefer to check more than others, but the things that I check that tend to bring me more positive feelings than negative include text chains so i might check in with friends that i've been texting in a group i have a few of them going some of them on just the messages app and some of them on whatsapp i will check email so admittedly that's not necessarily you know the most calming or relaxing checking ritual and it's something that i'm trying to do less of but it is still something that i do i will play my daily game of wordle if i haven't played i like that that's very self-limited and it's just a nice thing to do on my phone I might go to Duolingo. I have a goal of doing two lessons a day. So, you know, if I have downtime, and just want like a little escape break. I can do a couple of those. And then if I have a longer period of time, I will actually just read on my Kindle app on my phone. Um, I always have a couple of books going, usually at least one novel and one nonfiction. And I don't know, I've been gravitating towards some like lighter fast page reads, lately so it doesn't take that much mental energy to just dive into my Kindle app. I was sitting there waiting for my kid at a dance class and definitely had that scrolling itch but decided to open my Kindle app and got super immersed in the cartographers and had a lovely time reading that and I felt much better than if I had spent that time scrolling on social media. I also really kind of like YouTube lately. I do not get the same icky feeling I get from other platforms for whatever reason, and I don't tend to get sucked in in the same way. I think it's because I only follow a few very specific creators. None of them make me feel bad, (laughs) and all of them tend to be like little relaxing, I know, treats for me, kind of like a podcast subscription might be. So YouTube is another kind of downtime favorite for me as well on the phone. Of course, there's lots of non-phone downtime, but you specifically asked about little screen breaks that are not social media, and those are my go-to. The other question comes from listener E, and it's a related question on the similar theme. She writes, I love best laid plans. I felt inspired to give up Instagram forever, but I'm our content manager for my job, so I can't delete my profile forever, although I wish I could. I'm also very addicted. I don't want to be, but the truth is I am. I delete the app on my phone and post for work on my desktop but then always add it back to my phone a day later. Did you have any withdrawals from your time deleting Instagram and how long did it take you to enjoy missing out on the gram? This is such a hard question because I sort of tried to quit and talked about quitting a lot of times before I actually did. I left Facebook very like abruptly in 2016 and didn't really have a problem with that, but Instagram was for some reason a lot stickier. November 2021 is when I really, really left, and I really haven't been back in any meaningful way. I did kind of pop in while I was on vacation, but I really feel like it's lost its luster for me for whatever reason, and I just don't feel tempted to go back. And I know this is not helpful because I'm not giving you, like, the secret because I don't entirely know what it is, but I think in some ways I had to hit, like, a really negative place where I just decided, like, this was not doing anything good for me. (laughs) Okay. And also to leave messages up on my personal pages. Now you probably can't do that for your job, but I'm guessing you probably have your own personal profile as well. Or even if you have one for your job, maybe there's some way of saying, I'm still going to be here representing my company, but you may not see me as much personally because I've decided to step back or something like that. But I put up a message that was just like, here's my away message. Here's where you can find me. I'm not really going to be here. And then number one that served as just helpful because I do have a blog and a podcast and I want people to be able to find me and interact with me. And number two, a little bit of accountability because if people, if I had that up there, but then people saw me like clicking into stories all day long, then that would look kind of hypocritical. So I don't know, maybe there was a little bit of motivation there as well. And I hope that you come to a day where you can just decide that you're going to take a step back. And I'm wondering if maybe you could commit to a one month experiment, like give yourself a specific discrete time frame where you only use your work account and only from your work computer. Ask yourself if you really need any kind of personal account to do your work content manager job and like do the thought experiment of like, what would happen if you stepped away? I thought about it. I was like, I might lose a few page views, but I actually know data wise that most of my like, interactions don't come through Instagram like at least certainly most of my like blog click-throughs I can actually see the stats like they don't come from Instagram anyway. So I felt like stepping away probably wouldn't have a huge impact and I think I am correct in that I haven't noticed any significant drop off if anything I think people kind of if they're still interested in finding me they can't find me on Insta so they're more likely to go to my other outlets to see what is going on so I don't know I think you should really do the hard thought work of like, what happens if you take a break? What do they really need from you there? And set some firm deadlines around like, this is how long I'm going to give this a try. And then force yourself to really reckon with at the end of that month or week or whatever time period, was life better? I mean, I believe at some certain point for many people, not for all, but for many, they're going to feel like, oh, I do feel like a little weight has been lifted or a little bit of nagging negative feelings have been taken away. And so you're going to get positive reinforcement that way. One other really interesting strategy I just heard on another podcast on the Mom Hour just a couple of days ago, it's not their strategy, but they mentioned a creator that does something where she takes one week on and one week off throughout the entire year and also takes two full months off, I believe, like the months of January and August or something like that. And she's still very successful and has a highly engaged Insta audience, but she's actually off of Instagram for like 30 out of 52 weeks of the year. And I thought that was really, really interesting because it shows that you can keep that presence while also kind of having some life that is completely free from that set of obligations instead of influences. So that's another kind of unique idea to think about. All right, we're going to segue into a couple of planner matchups today. So again, questions and themes. Those first two were all about digital scrolling and the like, and the next two are planner matchups. I do get a lot of requests for planner matchups. I can't do all of them. I wish I could. I try my best I can. But here are two recent ones that I think are widely applicable, so I'm going to answer these. The first one is from G and she writes, my college bound teen is looking for a planner or planning tools that can help with being a part-time night shift worker and a full-time college student. They want to use a planner for general time management as well as school assignments. Any recommendations? So I kind of put my hat on, like what would I want if I wanted a paper planner and I was in those like busy college years, but maybe not necessarily wanting to carry around anything big and probably not looking to something super, super expensive, just being in that age range. And I came up with a few ideas. Actually, I'm leaning towards more Asian products because I think they tend to be a little bit more compact on average, like a lot of smaller things that are easily totable around with a lot of space to write in. So I think the Jibun Techo would be a wonderful design specifically like the light version or the biz version because there's a great weekly layout. And for a 24 hour shift worker, you have space to really write anything. And yet these things are really compact. They have a nice vinyl cover, which can kind of take a beating in your bag but really just space for writing lots of stuff as well as monthly planning pages and some long-term planning pages where you could use to track school assignments and the like. It's not going to have enough room to put like your entire daily schedule in there, but you'll be able to see the whole landscape of your week. And it also has some really freeform content for long range planning. Another idea is the passion planner. I know that's really popular in the like teens and 20s age groups and they have all different sizes and they have daily and they have weekly to fit a whole bunch of needs. They have some really cute covers. And so that might be one to look at as well, especially if you really want to focus on your hard landscape scheduling as well as some goal setting because they have some really nice like hourly setups where you can really see what your work looks like. The Hobonichi Weeks, if they want something really, really portable, is another fun idea. Um, They have lots of different kinds of covers, and that space on the right can be used for a free form for notes. You could write out, you know, your plans of how you're going to get your studying done and... You know, you could put anything in there. And then on the left, you could kind of structure the day. And I've seen people do really creative things, turning it into like different timelines using that small space. So that's another great option. And then finally, there are a number of planners on the site, Monkey Things, that uh, a lot of them are Korean, that have some different types of layouts that tend to be really affordable, that I think have somewhat youthful looks. So that's just another place that might be worth checking out. So yeah, those are my ideas for a college-bound teen who wants to keep track of a lot of different things and has a 24-hour schedule. If you fit that description and have a planner you love, I would love to hear it. The other planner matchup comes from Claudette. And I actually had another very similar one. I don't have the name handy, but this is great. I'm answering two questions in one. So she writes, I'm a stay-at-home mom of two boys with some special needs. I also have a really fun side hustle. I exercise every day, and I like to put it in the planner. And my boys have a significant number of appointments each week. I've been using the Happy Planner, and I love how one page gives me the chance to brain dump and write her to-do list while the other page has the week. And she likes to start the week on Monday, but she finds the happy planner just a little too big and clunky. So she was asking for another recommendation. I think one that might be a really nice fit would be the appointed Twenty Two Twenty Three 23 task planner. It looks a lot more sleek than the happy planner, and it has all of your needs in terms of kind of having the calendar days on one side, and then some like more open-ended content. I think there's some stuff in there, but you know, you could also disregard some of it on the right side of the page. And another idea I had for you, which is still kind of bulky, although maybe not as clunky as the Happy Planner because Happy Planner is on those big discs, which kind of tend to rattle around a little bit. But the Whitney English week on one page is really, really cute. And they have all the days of the week on the left and the right is blank for you to use to create lists just the way you like it. And both of them have the months nested throughout, meaning all the months are not in the beginning followed by all the weeks. It's month, week, 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 month, week, 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 etc. So I think both of those would fit your needs in that regard. All right. I got one more question. I was worried this episode would get a little bit long to include it, but I'm going to throw it in there anyway. And that comes from Hergel, which, who asks, can I talk about how I use Apple Notes, because I've mentioned Apple Notes a few times in passing, but I haven't really done much of a detailed discussion, at least not in recent weeks. I love Apple Notes. I just find it very easy. It's so available on all of my devices, and yeah, I just really, really like it. I find it a format that is just very welcoming to me. Fun fact, I draft all of my episode notes directly for best laid plans into Apple notes. For some reason, I don't do that for my other podcasts. I tend, well, I tend to draft them in emails to my co-hosts. So that kind of makes sense as well. But all of the best laid plans episodes are created in Apple notes rather than any other kind of, you know, word or something like that. So I have a number of different folders that I use and my system has definitely grown a little bit in complexity and in what I keep in there over the years. But I can just give you an overview of the folders I have on the left and then some of the highlights of what I have in each of them. And one new feature of Apple Notes that they've launched recently, I don't think you could do this before, is you can paste PDFs directly into a note. In this way, I use it like as a bit of a digital filing cabinet. I know some people love things like Dropbox for this. I can't stand I don't know what it is about it, but the interface of like Dropbox and Google Drive, the way they're just kind of like all sitting in there, maybe it's just how I have it set up. It just doesn't work as well for me. Whereas when I put a PDF within an organized note, it works really, really well. So, you know, you can do screenshots, you can do pictures, or you can do a whole PDF that you actually insert in a note. And that's enough functionality for me. Again, it's not as much as you might have in like Notion where you can link a whole bunch of pages together, but it is enough. Okay, so how do I have my folders organized? I have one folder that just says notes and that is sits on top and it tends to be like stuff that I'm either immediately working on like a shopping list Also, I have on there like things I'm nagging my husband about so that I don't forget on what they are and a waiting on folder, which is also kind of similar to the nagging folder, but like that's a getting things done concept. But if you have things that you're waiting for from somebody else, and these are things not related to my job, but other things, because I have a separate waiting for folder in my work email, but for some reason I like to keep those separate. I have my waiting on folder in this top hierarchical notes folder. And then everything after that is like a little bit specialized. So following that I have a travel folder in that I have a note with like family travel ideas. And then I have a note for like pretty much each trip. Like, so for example, we just took a trip to Universal Studios in Amelia Island, and I have a note that's titled universal slash Amelia trip. And in it, I have a PDF copy of our universal tickets. I have the name of our hotel. I have a screenshot of our reservation information. I have the booking confirmed of like a restaurant. So I just pasted any little thing I got related to that trip in that note. And that way, when we're there, I'm not having to search through my email or maybe I won't even have an email connection and I have to pull up some kind of confirmation number. This is a practice I've only adapted in the last year or so, but it's been really, really helpful. Like, sometimes if you're planning a bunch of trips, too, you don't remember which rental car you rented where, and so I can just be like, oh, this is my spring break trip. I have budget rent-a-car, and here's the confirmation right there. Fun fact, if you're on a Mac and you hit Shift-Control-Command-4, that will open the screenshot tool that will automatically paste into the next document, so... Hmm. I feel like that's going to be hard to remember, but just Google like trick to paste any kind of image onto any kind of document. And I use that a lot to put images and they come up as ping PNG images into my Apple Notes, which can be really, really useful and very, very quick to do. Okay, so we've got notes, we've got travel. I have a note called lists and horizons where I have kind of like my, my someday maybe list and some ideas and some fitness related lists and things like that. Then I have a folder that has subfolders called work where I have a bunch of work projects and task lists as well as my call schedule pasted in there as a PDF. I have a whole folder for best laid plans with like a bunch of episode notes, topic ideas. Whenever I get something in my email that's an idea that I need to kind of organize and file, I put it in here. So like I have a podcast to pitch note. I have a new questions note. I have like an ideas for future episodes note, etc. cetera. And then I also have a separate folder for all my advertising info to keep that, you know, separate kind of from the content creation side. One important thing is that you do have to weed these folders out, especially with podcasting. I don't need my like show notes from an episode 10 episodes ago sitting there in my best laid plans folder. So one other important folder I have is called old, and I just toss everything that I do not you know, need to keep in old. I don't really sort it in any special way. And the cool thing is Apple Notes is searchable. So if I'm looking for something like, okay, did I review XYZ planner? I can search for XYZ and it'll be like, oh, here in my old file, I can see that in episode 56, I did review that planner. So super, super useful. I love the search function. All right, then I have a folder for my other podcast, Best of Both Worlds. I have a folder for um, my husband, mostly for I keep his, he has some stuff in there. I think that's from back when he used Apple notes. Most of these are really, really old, but I put his call schedules in there because those are key for planning anything for our family. I have a kids folder. Um, one key thing I keep in there is the school schedule. I'm always referring to that and it's just nice to know where it is. I put any kind of document where I'm creating like a plan or schedule for the family, like our fall activities list. I pasted in the health forms. So when my kids get those doctor's forms and you need to like submit them to different camps and stuff, I just scan them with my phone and I paste the PDF in a health forms file or sports forms, that kind of thing. So yeah, just super useful stuff related to the kids. And I have a couple of like fun kid files in here. Like there's a kid quotes list from, you know, like my son, when he was learning words back from like 2016, and I just don't want to delete it or put it in old. So I just leave it there and it's cute. And that's pretty much it. This is a super useful filing cabinet type of a system for me. Um, Maybe I will show some screenshots as well in the show notes so you can see how it's set up. I just find it intuitive, easily accessible, and like not more than I need if that makes sense. Plus it's free. So team Apple knows all the way. All right, this has been a longer episode and I will be back next week with some more fall fun, back to school fun and probably some reviews because I have stationary products and planners just piled up and I'm excited to talk about them. So I will be back with more on Monday. Have a wonderful week.